0: I was captive on a slave boat, rowing through the swamp. They threw me off into the lake of alligators. Eyes were glowing in the dark, and fear was in the air as the beasts were closing in. Panic struck my mind, swimming through the mud. Yes, I was swimming through the mud and a thousand flamingos led my way right into the feast where I was gonna meet my doom tonight a demon came into my A feast of friends, but Lord, they proved me wrong What seemed to be my rescue turned out to be a trap Suddenly I was alone inside the demon's house On the walls with blood and mother going through his side, And I couldn't escape And every move I made was wrong Tonight it demon came game
1: You just heard the siren from Graveyard from their, I think it's pronounced Hissingen? Eh, who knows? Hissingen. Or Hissingen uh, Blues. Uh, this is a Requiem Metal podcast, 2011. Best, Best of, of. Part two. I am Mark. And I am Jason.
2: And uh, this is a, a good way to kick off part two, because this is uh, certainly in the last third of the year, uh, one of the records that I think got a, a lot of play from both of us um, and a lot of our friends. um both in and out of metal and that's kind of you know says a lot about a record when you can you know play this for non-metal people Mm -hmm. but it it still gets like mad street props from the metal community
1: i get it yeah i get it from a girl i was dating in may Uh (laughs) and had no idea anything about him i was like oh this sounds kind of cool and then figured out like oh okay this is this band you know i kind of yeah the swedish yeah swedish guys yeah and i mean this is their second full length and um i'm
2: not terribly familiar uh or i wasn't when when this when this came across, their their first one. I now have it, but I know you had their first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a pretty huge evolution for them, yeah. even though there's some, some catchy elements and some really soulful kind of moments on that first record. Uh, as you can hear in, in what we just heard, the siren, I mean, just a lot of dynamics of emotion that sort of uh, carry it throughout the record.
1: It just sounds authentic, to, especially authentic to its time of mm-hmm. this kind of like 60s, 70s rock yeah. kind of music, which, you know, people, I think, try to emulate a lot, but it's really hard because we played this for... Uh, a buddy of ours, who's the manager of a record store, who lived through all that music. Yeah, and he's a was big, big fan of yeah. progressive music. And I could just awesome. tell he was feeling and it. As soon rock, as we, yeah. yeah, as soon as we threw it on, it's just you know, it just feels honest. Well, it's something about like the way
2: I mean, the, the drummer really earns his his keep on this song, uh, as well as the whole record. I mean, he mm-hmm. just he's just dynamite. You know, some of the the different feels that he sort of gives it. The vocals are clearly you know like Robert Plant esque. You know, I mean, there the Chris Cornellisms. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of. Uh, there, there is some sort of grunge-ish moments, although that's a kind of a, a weird term to sort of throw at it. But it certainly walks in doom circles. It certainly walks in the stoner genre, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it also sort of, I think, transcends all that in, in a cool way, and, and even taps into the, you know, the the Led Zeppelin, the the sort of early Almond Brothers, even some of like the the high peaks moments of like the the Leonard Skinnards or Wishbone Ashes and, and bands like that. Um, you know, it has that sort of spirit about it. You know, there's a little Pink Floyd psychedelia sort of
1: working throughout it. Mm-hmm. And, they even throw and there's garage little... rock in it as well. Yeah. It's kind of all over the place. Certainly. All yeah. over the place, but very focused, I think. And it's it sounds like a lot of stuff, but not like a blatant rip off. of, no. oh, here's a you know this riff or this riff or this vocal line or whatever. And really there's... unique uh, take on his vocal phrasing and mm-hmm. stuff, too, which really captures that era more than a lot of bands where it's just kind of cookie cutter. Mm-hmm and they're they're obviously
2: talented musically besides just the drums and the vocals to to the point where in the middle of that song there's that really like awesome sort of transition out of like the the sort of simple man kind of thing yeah into that 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 sort of
1: like four minute mark where it kind of like grooves out a little bit and, and even kind of you know hits. and even the when it first start like kind of starts to amp up with you know vocally you know then I, then I suppose it's not like a demon came into my head yeah, or something and yeah. it screams that out I mean there's even like
2: you know when you say that line it, it almost throws me back to um, you know like Dax Riggs and some of the stuff he's done and mm-hmm. how he he's very soulful dark deep all these sort of things happening yeah. at once yet he has like you know cred within this, the the metal community as well
1: as without mm-hmm. you know um, well, and this is you know it's on Nuclear Blast which is a weird label for some I would have assumed this would have been like Rise Above yeah or, yeah but oh, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I hope that it doesn't prevent them from being able to cross over into certain I communities. I really don't think it is. I was just yeah. looking around on YouTube today looking at videos and they played at the Bonnaroo Festival in Manchester, England. Oh cool. So I, I think that's you know, anybody that's gonna get on that ticket is going to be yeah. pretty pretty well crossover into different genres. And I played it with a
2: friend of ours, um, a guy that actually accompanied <clears throat> Mark and I to the Judas Priest concert and he's you know, he's equal parts in metal, but then when thrash kind of died in the in the early 90s and stuff he uh leapfrogged over a little bit into some of the jam band stuff and he's he's a fide you know fish fan and allman brothers and, and all that which is cool like because I, I know he gets music and so i can respect mm-hmm. that but he he stole this CD from me basically for months. I still don't have it back, you know, so he, he loves it. But uh, there's even cool, what's cool if, you, if you're if you familiar with the more obscure roots of some of this or like a, kind of a big Opeth fan, there's even like a little November vibe too, which is a great mm-hmm. kind of Swedish Led Zeppelin, Lucifer's yeah. friend type band. Um, I don't,
1: yeah, I don't have the info in front of me, but even the production is, fan- it's not, I don't know, it, it seems very... There's no frills, but mm-hmm. you got to tell, you know, it basically delivers exactly what it out. wants. It's big. Yeah. 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 It's cool. So definitely an, an
2: oddball record, uh, you know, up there in terms of not really being a total metal record, but, but something
1: that like both Mark and I and, and a lot of other people sort of got into. By nature of the label it's on and yeah. everything else. And I have a feeling these guys have been around. I haven't really done much research mm-hmm. uh, on them at all, but just seeing interviews with them, the guys look like they're pushing forty. Oh, really? Some of the guys, wow. yeah, bass player. Unless it's just so they hard clearly movement. got their chops, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, this was, uh,
2: you know, besides this record, we, we in part one we didn't really talk about some of the records that just
1: kind of missed our, our I guess, our countdown, if you will, or just um, didn't quite make the cut. Cause, yeah, because we want to keep it. You know, I think if we try to do like forty. Oh, it'd be albums four parter, four parter, and it'd yeah. be too much. So yep. I just try to keep it down to. We each pick, you know, ten. There's a lot of crossover between the two of us, and mm-hmm. then uh, we threw that that Opeth song just to kind of for a discussion point. Yeah, last yeah episode, absolutely. Basically.
2: Because it's certainly that that contradictory record. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, I guess a record that that you know, I felt a little bit guilty not putting on that that sort of fits in the same walk with well, like a graveyard is that that third SOG record. You know, cause yeah. I, but we just did that show on them, and, and it was, you we know. We played a lot off. A lot off that record third record. Here. And so it's it's great. And I, I might even put it in my top ten, depending on what day of the week you ask me. But yeah. you know, when we, we put this together, I sort of
1: wasn't you know feeling it at that moment. Yeah, mine was a mix of, I don't know if we even went into exactly why or how we pick stuff. But coming from, <laughs> just, you know, coming from my own standpoint, it was the stuff I either listened to the most. Uh-huh. Or I had just got into and it like I haven't it was just kind of like blowing my skirt up a lot. Sure. Yeah. So like, you know, the entrails I've probably listened to like half a dozen times, but there's nothing really else this year that came out that was that way and that really kind of, you know, satiated that Swedish death metal thing for me. And and I I think last year I felt more of a beholden to actually, you know, stuff that deserved or that was critically acclaimed and stuff like that to throw in there as well. And this year, it's pretty much all from the gut.
2: Sure. Yeah, and that's that's a good place to go
1: from, you know. So, I think our our list kind of deviates a lot from some of the other ones out there, but there's also, of course, you know... Some crossover some stuff. Some crossover. I mean, you know, a couple
2: other records that came out that, that were, were killer. This Russian Circles, uh, Empros, came out in you know I, I liked it it just probably came out a little too late for me to really fully digest it's it's not the kind of thing you just sort of throw it in the car necessarily you got to yeah. kind of sit with it a little bit but you know russian circles uh always puts out you know consistent product um kind of along the same lines in terms of being up i guess cerebral records that maybe uh didn't properly have a chance to absorb is that new wolves in the throne room celestial lineage um yeah, I, it didn't grab me I, i've sort of used it as like house cleaning music or background music and stuff like that and i'm sure there's more to it it's just i i have to sort of digest it and uh-huh. uh, you know they're a band that like i dig uh but i i do think they they might enjoy a little bit
1: over hype at times i would agree you know? with that so um i think their first uh first album first ep or are- Pretty enjoyable, but mm-hmm. after that, just kind of the same old, same old yeah. to my eyes. But my yeah. yeah. years, I guess. And uh, the the Altars of Plague record that came out this
2: year, along with the Crawless, were a couple of pieces on the uh, Profound Lore record uh, on the Profound Profound Lore record label. That uh, both are you know longer pieces, very cerebral, very. Um, sort of like epic kind of neurosis, black metal gaze stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of all over the map, but I really dig, uh, did dig that new Crawlis record, um, which I do believe was called Diotima. Yeah. Diotima. And, uh, I think Crawlis is the one that's from, oh man, one of them is from Ireland and I can't, can't recall which one it these is. these guys are from New York. Are they in New York? Then it might be Alters of
1: Plague. Alter are, of Plague, I think, are from... Uh, are Irish. Yeah. Irish, yeah. so Because I believe that dude from Dysrhythmia played with Kralis when, oh, they, yeah, that's when true. they played Metal Fest. Yeah. Um You know,
2: a, a record, I, I I, mean, I'll be perfectly honest, I got it in the mail recently, but I haven't even really listened to it yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're always consistently interesting uh, from, is it Bulgaria or Romania? I think that's Romania, is uh, Nigura Bungit. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're I don't know Romanian. much about them, really. Um, yeah, they're kind of a mystery in a way. But they put out an EP that uh, I haven't completely absorbed yet, uh, called "Porta de Dincola, which yeah. uh, is strange. It sounds although Romanian is a romantic language, so maybe that mm-hmm. is Romanian. It just seems sounds Spanish Some or Portuguese. Spanish, almost, yeah. you know? Um
1: What about you? Are a couple records that you know we well. The um, Relapse put out quite a bit of good stuff actually this year. Um, that exhumed record, that kind of yeah. comeback record, I think was really Is that good. All, gl- all guts, all glory. I think all guts, no glory. No I think. glory. Okay, um, yeah.
2: it's great. Yeah, really good record. It was a lot like that deceased. You know, just kind of triumphant and nice and listenable.
1: Yeah, but. it's just I've never really. I don't know. They've never really done a whole lot for me. I mm. think they're. I think they're a great live act. Yeah, they're and, fun. Uh, like that. Uh, what was the carcass ish? Thing they did the years ago, oh, back in like two thousand four. Anatomy's destiny. Yeah, that was that was a great record, a cool but record. it was basically carcass worship. Sure, and uh, good. Carcass I think worship. yeah, I think they definitely have kind of their own thing going on, but it didn't just quite make the cut <laughs> for mm-hmm. me. And then the the awake record, which I can't think of what the hell. Yeah, the album title is right now, but that Rewake was—it's in the—I want to say a similar vein, but I think it walks in the same circles as like that Yob. Yeah, room, it's it's noisy, know. it's you know apocalyptic, do me kind yep. of stuff. And then the uh, unfortunately, I don't have an MP3 copy of this at all. I just have the the record. Is the Ken mode? Um, oh okay. Oh shit! I haven't even heard that record. Venerable, I think it's called. Uh, yeah. I saw them live not too long ago. A buddy's band of mine was playing with them and uh they're fantastic yep. i've heard them in the past and didn't really wasn't really feeling it but yeah they sounded absolutely fantastic And i think i don't know what label that's on i don't have any notes yeah for any of that <laughs> Kenmo, stuff. The but, mystery. Uh, yeah and the last one was that decapitated yeah that okay. was and you had was, to do a review for that right or uh i did illustration. the yeah, lead review for it so i heard it a, l- a little bit early and it was i hadn't heard anything decapitated done since they sounded like O-1 Vader one or O two. 2 yeah yeah and then actually the dude from decapitated went over and played with vader mm-hmm. for a couple of years as well but It's a it's an interesting mix of the kind of Mushuga Pantera thing, with brutal death metal. Okay, interesting for sure. Drum production's unbelievable
2: on it. And I used to like decapitated all right, uh, back in the day. Uh, I just haven't grabbed that from you yet to to sort of process. Um, I know a record. uh, Both you and I were sort of debating to put on kind of like that. Sog is uh, Burzum Fallum. You know, we did the the Burzum show earlier in the year, and
1: which had a couple. uh, I I think we played two tracks off that on that show.
2: And it's you know again, uh, this was. I don't want to say inconsistent, but some people didn't like some of the new vocal sort of stuff. And so, you know, I, I thought it was fine. You know, it's, it's a... It's a burzem record. Yeah, it's a burzem record. Um, I was sort of into... Uh, it's just an EP, but, you know, I, I always dig what Between the Barry and Me are doing. I think they're doing sort of Progressive stuff, maybe the right way. There, there seems to be a little, a lot of uh, authenticity to what they're sort of putting. But they're one of those few bands that or,
1: came out of the metalcore scene that's doing that's something doing interesting. something interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most and the, of those bands just kind of are derivative as hell. And they had an EP out <coughs> called the uh, the
2: Parallax uh, Hyper Sleep Dialogues, uh, which who put this Metal, out? Blade. Metal Blade? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Metal Blade, this is a record that probably barely got the axe from. Uh, it was probably maybe number eleven or number twelve on my top ten. Uh, and I wanted to put it on, uh, but I kind of felt like it might be not disingenuous, but I might only be putting it on to be contrary or, or to, for, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of weird, bizarre street cred. Not that that's why I like it. But Metal Blade put out a, a really cool French band called Gloria Belli, uh, The Great Southern Darkness. And I uh, this is something Chris, a uh, friend of ours, uh, writes for Decibel and stuff. Uh, introduced to us when he came up for Thanksgiving and uh, I had never really come across these guys and judging by the cover it was it was something like if I saw I'd, I don't know if I would necessarily grab because it just sort of seems like I don't want to say run of the mill metal blade but just something that looks kind like of a like, Wild Rags cover from the mid 90s is that what it looks me. like? <laughs> Yeah. Uh it, it, it reminds me of like the, the sort of underwater creatures from the fourth Harry Potter or something. Like it, it kind it kinda of looks weird. like the Medusa from
1: um Clash of
2: the Titans. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But this is a cool mixture, you know, French band uh, and those you know, French bands like, you know, Death Spell Omega and Blue Star are Nord or whatever the heck that uh Oh Blood Us Out Nord Is that what whatever? it is? Yeah. yeah. You know, they're very uh obviously strange, you know, and this is a, a very strange mixture in a way of, of I guess like uh, kind of doom rock a la down in some of the, the swamp rock kind of stuff mixed with like French black metal. Yeah.
1: You know, it's, like, <laughs> I've never really heard anything quite like it. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's interesting, but some of the vocals and stuff turned me off a bit. Oh, but. really? Yeah. It's uh, and I listened to it a lot in, in the last couple bit, months, so. you know, but it was, it was a
2: cool record. And then speaking of, you know, some esoteric stuff, the Atlas moth, uh, you know, an ache for the distance that profound lore put out. Um, Again, got it. Haven't absorbed it a lot. Saw these guys live. They opened for uh, Coalesce. You and I saw them, and yeah, I, they actually they played with uh, Ken Mode. As oh, well. did they? Yeah. You saw them? Cool. Yeah. Um, and then, last but not least, I think one of the records that uh, you know. Hey, it's it's a nice return for these guys because I, to tell you the truth, haven't given a shit about anything that they've done probably since 1993, which I think is when Sound of White Noise came out, 92, 93. Mm-hmm. I think I like Stomp 242 at the, at the time. It's got a couple of okay songs, but it's not something that... You know, resonates through the last twenty years or whatever. Yeah, and they've they've just been wildly inconsistent. Yeah, you know, a lot of vocal sort of issues. You know, after John Bush left, they got that one guy Dan something. I can't remember his name because it doesn't. It matter. doesn't matter. Really, I think Dan, but my, I'm probably wrong because I just didn't care about what Anthrax was doing in the mid two thousands. But uh, Joey
1: Belladonna makes his uh, appearance for the first time since Persistence of Time back in 1990. It's probably his best vocal performance. Granted, I haven't listened to any of his solo stuff at yeah. all. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, but vocally, it seems like he's even got a little bit more going on than in. Yeah, he's Persistence even of pushing time.
2: into Bush territories and stuff. Yeah. You know, not that he's able to get to all those places the way that John
1: Bush could but but, but it seems like like anthrax at this puzzles. point that's kind of who they are is a little bit of that John Bush era is I think kind of ingrained in them permanently. Yeah. And yeah. uh I, I'm glad they didn't completely stir stray away from that, but it's nice to get back to a lot of the palm muted you know, old sure. like among the living ish riffs and stuff like that. So
2: Yeah, I mean there's some some great freaking tunes, you know Judas Priest, I'm Alive, uh, you know The Devil, you know. There's there's just a lot of really really cool shit on this. It's uh, worship music. I'm sure most of you out there already kind of are aware of it. But oh, and
1: Alex Ross uh, of Comics Fame did the cover. Did he? Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. It's back on Megaforce. I don't know if that's where they've been the last few years or not. I think or... they might have put at least two records on Megaforce. Okay. But
2: I know they... they've been off a major for some time. Have they? Okay. Yeah. You know, so that's that's kind of nice in in this sort of thrash revival, thrash renaissance that you see bands like you know, obviously a couple of years ago we saw a really great testament record. Mm-hmm. Exodus seems to have sort of found their yeah. their their you know, Slayer probably put out their best two thousands record, you know, in the last one. Say what you want about Death Magnetic, you know, it, it's I think 55% pretty good. Pretty yeah, pretty good. good. You know, and Megadeth had Endgame. Uh, I didn't really listen to this new one, I didn't really care for it. I'm kind much. of done with Megadeth, really. It's, yeah. I don't know. Well, Dave's such a polarizing guy these days that it's kind of hard to
1: yeah. look past him. <laughs> I of that, think he's but. a great musician, but I don't agree with a lot of his views that well. he seems to push on a lot of people. <laughs> certainly. Certainly. But uh, yeah, so if you have well, don't forget that, uh, Inquisition. Which yeah, was on yeah, our last year's that. show, uh, as because we had an import copy of it. Actually, it was released domestically by—I'm not exactly sure—but it's uh, <laughs> Ominous Doctrines of the Perpetual Mystical Micro or Macrochasm." Yeah, and we also featured
2: them on our uh, Maryland Death Fest show yep. as well, because they probably, alongside like Voyevod, were maybe the—they're the,
1: They're the a- best musical black highlight. metal band I've ever seen live. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and uh, a buddy of mine saw them in New York. They just played through their phone, was just like a couple maybe a month or two ago. And he's like, Do I go to this art opening or do I go see Inquisition? I'm like I go see Inquisition. To Inquisition. And he's agreed he's like it was the one of the best, you know, yeah. black metal bands of the two piece. You know, yeah. I mean just just incredible. You yeah. Know? So
2: um My put out a pretty good record too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that new machine head unto the locust, um I'd say like seventy okay. percent of it was was pretty awesome. Um not as good as the blackening. Um it'll be interesting if they it's, it's
1: kind of here. more of the same. Yeah.
2: You know, and and it's great to hear them back because they're a band that I, I defend their first record, you know, even though they went through a, a dark period of, of yeah. new metal uh, bullshit stuff in the late nineties, early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they, they seem to have found their, their wings again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks to I think Phil Demo coming back and playing guitar from from Violence because yep. uh, he he had hung out back then. So, but let's get back into the stuff that we did uh, actually end up uh, making uh, our top twenty. And a lot of this stuff is uh, in I guess the where your your gut feeling came from this year. <laughs> and a lot of this stuff, even though it ended up I guess technically on Mark's uh, side. Uh, this first thing we're going to play, Bastard Priest, is uh, something I kind of shared with you, and we both
1: really kind of just gelled on it a lot. Yeah, and this um, was. I think this was in that, um, Decibel did that thing with Daniel Ekroth talking about the new wave stuff. Yeah, and I, was started, in there as well. I, I
2: just started like poking around. That's how I found the entrails. I just mm-hmm. ordered the entrails for the hell of it, because I figured, well, if Ekroth is mentioning it it's probably worth a shot, you know? And then it, yeah. the fact that Dan Swinell produced
1: it, it's like, well, it can't suck, you know? Well, and that thing, well, I guess we can get to that when we get to yeah. it. Well, Bastard Priest, uh, where we're going to be hearing Ghouls of the Endless Night is the, uh, their the second name of the record, too. The second, Yeah, that's yeah. the song we're we'll going to be hearing. It's their second record. Uh, and these guys are basically, this is the first thing they've ever done, from what I can tell with interviews and whatnot. Two guys, um, drums and vocals, Matt Mendoza and guitars, bass and vocals, and Ventor. Ventor, nice. <laughs> but it's... I mean it's very much you know repulsion uh hardcore punk uh, early early death metal mm-hmm. kind of stuff um, like pre nihilist kind of even um, well and even the breakdown on. in this song is is almost like it, it
2: stands next to like the the napalm breakdown in scum
1: you know which, it just which has is called a of, yeah, 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 yeah totally but the, the yeah that kind of just really really simplistic there's not it's it just feels incredibly like honest I've played along on drums with this thing like dozens of times now too and Uh it just has it's kind of sloppy it's not done particularly fantastically but it feels uh like it's coming really from a place of honesty Mm -hmm. which is you know kind of i think the the summation of everything i'm putting on my list this year and just purely enjoyable like uh, going back and you know like like death breath uh was it stinking up the night yeah Came out in like whew, I don't remember when the hell that came out 2003, years ago. Two thousand three, two thousand two, I it's think. It's been a while you know? ago. But that's they are kinda similar on that vibe, but not as spit and polished mm-hmm. as as uh, as they are. But I'd love to hear more of this kind of stuff come back and really really you know, really a lot of, you know, early death metal punk roots kinda popping sure. through on this guy. And it seems like with this stuff and, and you know, my and and you know, what it, it, that stuff sort of making a, an appearance in the midst of some of this thrash revival death thrash mm-hmm.
2: kind of stuff you know
1: well the funny thing a lot of it even uh the entrails which we'll be playing a little bit later um they formed in the 90s uh 1990 they put out a demo didn't like it who bastard priested or entrails entrails did. oh wow okay and then uh we're basically we're unhappy with it and then reformed in 2008 that's wild <laughs> so a lot of these bands are you know years and years after the fact or come back like evocation was the same kind of deal
2: evocation was the same thing and it's kind of like what uh in part one when we talked about you know valenfire you know it's Mm -hmm. like these guys kind of get to our age or older and then rediscover their roots or maybe i don't call it a midlife crisis but maybe it's just like they they sort of are reconnected back and they realize that there's still a vitality to this scene that Mm -hmm. maybe when they were 18, they kind of thought, oh, I don't think this is going to be a career path for me. And then they kind of got, get out of it and then yep. maybe recognize, well, shit, this stuff still, well, it's they, even more vital today than it was 20 years ago in a weird way.
1: You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, like you being a history teacher by day and then, you know, extreme Podcaster metal <laughs> enthusiast, you know, by night kind of thing, too. And, you know, Paradise Lost is a very different animal from Ballonfire, Fire, but, yeah. you know. Two parts of the same person. Absolutely. You need to get your stuff out there. Yeah. yeah. Go for it. There's definitely no, no disconnect for me, in a no. way.
2: And I feel as as I've gotten older, I'm more and more comfortable in that role because people know me more and more as a, a, a normal adult that, that functions. And yeah, you can like, function society. And shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't have to be boring because you're an adult. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have to conform just for that reason. Um Bastard Priest I'd love to see live, uh, because I feel like they put on a show very similar to the band we're gonna hear after Bastard Priest, which is uh, one of my favorite bands to see live, even though I don't really listen to their records that much as mm-hmm. much as you do. I do I do dig
1: seeing Toxic Holocaust live. And Jewel Grind uh, and Company. This is the first, I think the first record where they've actually written us an album as a band. Okay. And it's not just him and you come in and do this and this and this kind of, yeah. kind of deal. Uh, but this record didn't receive, I don't think, a ton of I mean it's was it's, it their first major well, not major, but who put this out relapse yeah is this the first one on relapse right no they put out the last two have been on oh relapse. Really? Oh, I think because yeah. I have the vinyls I don't think I don't have any other vinyls. CDs oh, okay. I just have the records of, yeah. of basically uh, everything they've done but they're they're one of those band a few bands that can actually capture that speed metal kind of era stuff and vocally this time around there's a little more chronosisms thrown into it mm-hmm. songwriting's a little bit more I think a little bit more concise um. But I mean, they've always been catchy. Sure, yeah. And I don't really know what. There's nothing really like you know that's gonna blow your no. your hair back. But it's what kind of what you expect from Toxic Holocaust, but a little bit better than the last record. Yeah, yeah. And the name of the record well, is different. Conjuring Command, mm-hmm. and uh, the song we're gonna hear is Bitch. Yeah, <laughs> which the is most, about
2: uh, a witch, right?
1: Yeah, the bitch will be burned at the stake. Yeah, <laughs> classic theme. <laughs> it's got yeah, just great. I, I don't know. It's just it's like. Like party speed
2: metal music, yeah, basically, and sure. you know, I, sure. I love the stuff. So, and, and all the times we've seen them live, it's just a hell of a show. It's one of the few bands I actually mosh at. Yeah, yeah, you get you kind of get right in it. It's cool. And then the the aforementioned, as you said, entrails, which is a Swedish band that uh, mm-hmm. did their stuff in Swanö Studio, and even the spine of it, it looks like left hand path spine. Like it just the original, like, yeah, the original earache, yeah. It issue. just has a really cool feel. And uh, the tomb awaits, uh,
1: which is a you know kind of a cool title. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an autopsy title, but, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this these guys have basically captured every little bit of whatever you liked out of very specific, like, this dismember part, this entomb part, this edge of Sandy bit. They may just take, like, everything I love of Swedish death metal and put it into pretty compelling Yeah, it's kind songs. of bloodbathy in a way, you know, yeah. like some of the earlier bloodbath stuff. It, you know? it's, I would, yeah, I would agree with that, but I think the the aesthetic is a little bit more lo-fi because sure. the musicians you're dealing with a bloodbath are, are a little pretty, bit more frills. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty, <laughs> for
2: sure. And then, uh, a record that came out earlier in the year that we both really got into, which is darker handcraft, uh, from uh, that came th- out like February, I think. yeah. It was pretty early in the year,
1: but actually, I think rap. I had a promo of it before the first of the year. Oh, did you? So okay. I've had it for forever, but this another is another prosthetic records release which mm-hmm. uh put out the Junius that we talked about earlier. And uh, Kurt Ballou produced it, you know, yeah, from Converge. And, and the, you know, I, I don't mind the last couple trap thems, I think they're good, but this is the one where they really got the HM2 heavy metal pedal mm-hmm. going and really got the the tune guitar tone going, but not. Not, not, not just aping it mm-hmm. but they've they've like incorporated more into their sound now yep
2: yep for sure and uh and this got recognized by decibel uh mm-hmm. pretty pretty heavily as well these and are another band that just live fantastic live i don't know if you've seen them i don't think i have i think did you see them in san francisco i want to I think say? so yeah i don't
1: think i ever have had a chance to see them I mean, they have that kind of converge, mm-hmm. kind of like spontaneous energy and just, you know, kind of off the rails, but always play like really tight and right yeah. on. Yeah. And then uh, a band that did get recognized pretty heavily by, by Decibel, and this is
2: one I, I really kind of got into, and I, mean, I know Mark liked it, but you, you leaned a little bit heavier on Evolution Through Revolution, their, their previous yeah. one. Uh, for some reason, I, I connect it more with this one. I don't know if it reminds me a little bit more of uh, Need to Control or, or what, but End Time from uh, Brutal Truth. uh just a great record you know from start to finish uh it's it's one of those records hard to pick a song out because you just sort of listen to it and it's it it like sort of blindly, songs or something. yeah speeds through but uh crawling man blues uh has some some cool noodling almost uh, i want to say like jazzier elements even though it's a, a minute and 40 seconds long there's some some cool things kind of happening here so enjoy a set of uh what, what we could call i guess retro hardcore inspired crossover music Uh, so we got bastard preschools the endless nights toxic holocaust bitch entrails crawling death evictionaries from trap them and the crawling man blues from brutal truth THE CHURCH! Crawling Man Blues from Brutal Truth, Evictionaries trap them. Crawling Death entrails bitch from Toxic Holocaust. We got things kicking with Ghouls, The Endless Night from Bastard Priests, and uh, yeah, good good stuff. And and the next thing we have kind of coming up is is sort of fits in that same category. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always something that's made these guys uh, Rotten Sound uh, a little bit different, even though they're they're part of the grind scene and and they 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 have some aesthetic and some of the same riffing stuff that you hear in some of the the American grind and, and the mm-hmm. Swedish grind. Uh, there's, there's like a, I don't know. It's what would you? How would you the, would the, finish,
1: you factor. the finish factor? They're just like you know, uh, I guess like you know, like sentenced and children well, Let's children about them. Yeah, finish as well. Yeah, you know, Zizma, uh convulse Was convulse finished? Yeah, yeah. They're just yeah, that weird kind of un. I don't even I'm not even really sure but they've always been more they sound like a Swedish band. Mm-hmm. They sound have more of like a kind of like a Nozem guitar-ish tone. Yeah, for and sure. And very like, you know, Sunlight Studio kind of kind of vibe. But this thing this record is just assaulting. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. And I've always, you know, they've always been known for incredibly short, you know, songs and every single song on this album is just a, a one word, mm-hmm. you know, cursed, rotten, whatever it might be. I think they did that on the last <clears throat> record too, didn't they? Or, I think so. Or maybe well, the it previous was, one. They did all but one, or like two songs or oh, something. That, but that was that seems like it's been kind of a, a trait with them. But yeah, this one is just, I, I it was hard to pick out a song because I've listened to a record straight through. It's only like maybe 30 minutes long yeah. or something. It's, it's I remember short. when I
2: first started getting into it, I would just like
1: play it back to back. Like yeah. I'd just play it and be like, eh, play it again. But it's like that Nails record that's, yeah. you know, 17 minutes long. And I'm like, oh, well, I might as well just listen the whole thing again. I want to hear that last song again. Sure.
2: But, uh, you know, uh, this is one both Mark and I were, were pretty... Uh, Pretty up on, uh,
1: kind of like the brutal truth and the. And the a lot of, yeah, a lot of friends of mine that are not as into the super extreme stuff have really gotten to this record for some reason too. I hmm. don't, I don't really know what what it was that grabbed them, but it's just, it's kind of unrelenting through the entire you know course of its thirty some minutes. Yeah so uh rotten sound definitely uh if if you're a grind fan or you
2: like that sort of sunlight studio kind of older you know kind of sound uh and you like the last set
1: of music you're you're definitely in for rotten sound one well, rotten sound has the best t-shirts i think they so. do uh it's fast music, for, fast slow music for slow people since 1993 yeah, yeah it's pretty <laughs> cool and then
2: we're going to sort of significantly i guess change gears uh into you know maybe three bands that don't really uh, or three artists slash bands that, that don't really fall under really any category, but their their own sort of unique place. Um, you know, we mentioned Ireland before with Altars of Plague, and Ireland isn't really known for its its huge uh, metal scene. Um, but one band that I think defines the the Irish metal sound for, if you want to call it that, or at least the pagan black metal. This is a Thin Lizzy. Yeah, Thin Lizzy, yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is primordial which we did a, a two part primordial show uh, I want to say what back in the the, the spring oh, it wasn't even that long ago I don't think uh, maybe it's summertime then yeah it might have been early summer I think okay and uh, redemption at the puritan's hand um, another metal blade release another metal blade release yeah metal blade a pretty good year you mm-hmm. know they're kind of diversifying a little bit yeah. As well you know metal blade went through a, a kind of weird like dry patch there for it seemed a while like they just weren't like picking up on some of the more unique things and oh, it
1: didn't seem like they wanted to really jump onto extreme metal stuff quite as much they're still kind of or the european stuff with, yeah, yeah we're just like oh let's do whatever yeah. crap they were doing in the 90s and yeah with In solitude this and uh got a handful of other things yeah. they put out this year um but yeah
2: this is this is a, a great record uh different than the previous one a lot more aggressive a lot angrier i would say than yeah uh, and intentionally recorded more lo-fi and crusty yeah and we uh we featured a couple tunes i think we played uh what no grave deep enough and uh bloodied and unbound yeah that sounds right yeah um from uh when we did the primordial show and you know i guess what they were trying to capture uh on here was um a little bit more of a, the violence theme. I mean, every record that P- Primordial does, they're just sort of trying to capture some aspect uh, of the kind of the history of their people almost, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the pagan history or the conflict between pagans and Christians or some aspect of that. And this is certainly uh, a lot more aggressive and violent than the previous one, which which was more of like a
1: more epic sounding, I guess, and cleaner. You know, it was, yeah, it was, it was a nice uh, production I'm, was more. I guess all the the instruments are a little bit more defined and Yeah, and they they always have, I mean it always sounds like primordial, but it's kind of just like the edges are a little bit, you know, cleaner or something. Yeah. This one the edges a little bit, you know, sharper, sharper rougher, for sure. Hearing yeah. like string noise more than before and stuff like that. Yeah, and I can't remember when this record came out. I
2: want to say spring maybe. Again, like March or April, which is what sort of prompted us to, to I think start pushing towards a primordial show, but Yeah, I think um, it was. But uh, you know, definitely, uh, if you haven't discovered Primordial or heard our Primordial shows, that they're a band that's uh, definitely you know meant to be reckoned with. And then sort of a release that, uh, I'll be perfectly honest, I haven't even gotten a chance to hear yet. And I, I think I just sort of forgot it came out. You had a copy of it. I just never grabbed it from you. And mm-hmm. here we are, <laughs> end of 2011. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit, I well, should have heard this. Is hear a, this is
1: a record that's been either uh, praised or panned. I don't, there's not a whole lot of in-between. Uh, is uh, Demonez, who was Demonez Dumaculta, from, you know, priorly from Immortal, still doing lyrics for Immortal. Mm-hmm. Uh, March of the Norse, and the song is All Black and Sky. But the record very... Just how, you know, All Shall Fall came out... was it, two years ago now? I think so, 2009. Yep. This is almost like an accompaniment piece to that record. Um, it's got Icedale playing guitars, and uh, I believe Armageddon doing drums from I, and okay. previously from Immortal. Yeah. Uh, but it's very much... You know, very Bathory Viking era kind of thing. Uh, vocally, surprisingly enough, sounds a lot like a Bath. Oh, really? Um, okay. And just the it's almost like it seems like kind of like set up as a classical record, to where there's just these slight movements. Otherwise, the entire record is very similar as far as the kind of it's very you know this triumphant marching kind of. Uh, kind of vibe to the thing, but Very the guitar playing—esque playing, or yeah, Yeah, or the yeah. the guitar playing is fantastic. It's simple, but you know, great, great leads. You know, lyrics or whatever, uh, take them or leave them. But um, just just from a from a sonic standpoint, this could be like the second movement of the mortal kind of trilogy, and it makes sense that because uh, he was doing some more. Less than thrilling stuff when you know his previous incarnation of Demonaz, which was more kind of gothic, okay, uh, whatever. Which I so this isn't is the first release from Demonaz then. No, now when I know he had the
2: uh, the medical condition right, which made him to have 90s. to leave. Yeah. Immortal, mortal. Uh, what was the last record he played on? Battles of the North, or was he on Blizzard
1: Beasts? He was on Blizzard Beast. Okay, Blizzard so Beast was the last that record. That was the he last was thing he was on. Yeah. And was he. He was a guitar player, right? Mm hmm. But Abath was the main songwriter. Okay, but did.
2: So Abath didn't really play much of the guitars in those first three Immortal releases. and then he, he played kinda, no guitars. And he then he kind of
1: came in and just yeah. did. Uh... Well, even Battles of the North, Abath played drums on as well. Oh, okay. So he's. I think Abath's always been the main, main songwriter. Uh, Demon has always been the guy <clears throat> behind the lyrical content, the whole Blashirk mythos and all that kind of okay. shit. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah, but this. This he's done. I think he he might perform a little bit of guitar, but at least I think he wrote the, the uh, majority of the record. But I think it's just as you know George Lucas brought on uh, Irvin Kirshner to do Return <laughs> of the Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Uh, he brings on Icedale, who's a, a fantastic guitar player. Okay, so uh, he's not playing of, much of the guitar on the not actual record, the, well, not from what I can tell. But. Gotcha.
2: I didn't know like if he was completely healed from the tendonitis or, or not. I think th- he can he play guitar, with. but
1: he can't play guitar to the the way he wants the fury to. that he did in, in Immortal. And, yeah, just how that I mean, speed picking stuff. Yeah, it it's crazy. not it's not good to play that fast <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. for sure. And he's playing wrong too. That was a big problem.
2: Oh okay, you so know it was
1: a, the improper technique. He was using good. his wrist too that's much. That's what got him. Yeah, gotcha. And then but, uh, just, it's definitely an interesting record to check out. I would uh, they're, you know, go check it on YouTube or whatever. And this is one you and Chris both kind of agree yeah. on, right? And yeah. Got Great production. I mean, just get, guitar playing is just really... It's it's simple, but yeah, just perfect. Nuclear Blast? Yep. Like Immortal? Yep. Okay.
2: And then uh,
1: I guess another
2: record that... Um, I wouldn't say it's a comeback, because certainly these guys have never done anything bad, but it, it, it's almost like a... Uh, a stripping of some of the, the fat from the, their last couple records. Um, that's Mastodon's the hunter. Oh, the concept idea is out the, out the door. Yeah. Yeah. At least for this record. Yeah. And even though the hunter is a reference to, uh, I think Brent Hines' uh, brothers passing away. Is mm-hmm. it Brent Hines? Yeah. Um, I can't remember which, yeah, I want to say it's him. I believe it was, um, either his brother or a good friend or something, something like that. And, and, you know, they, they got a different guy to do, uh, the cover um, a guy that's famous. I know a friend of ours, Susie, was kind of pumped when she saw this mm-hmm. cover because she had seen an art exhibit by the guy that does like woodblock, kind of three dimensional uh, art pieces or something yeah. like that. Um, but the guy who had previously been been doing their covers, um, Paul Romano. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that became kind of iconic.
1: With he like actually did a a take on this too. Did he? And then they just they I think they kind of decided they wanted to take it in a different direction, which I think it's a great. It's a great cover. And even the video for, uh, I don't remember which song it is, but uh, one of the, the videos, not Curl the Burl, um, they actually have, the whole video is just this guy making that. Oh, wow. That, like, three, you know, hinged mouth uh-huh. minotar thing or whatever it is.
2: And, I mean, they purposely sort of want it to, uh, was it Deathbound or Black Tongue? Might have been one of those two because they've got be. a couple of videos on there. Uh, but, yeah, they, what they purposely sort of wanted to was this strip, some of the progressive elements down um, and really sort of focus on writing uh, catchy songs again, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think they accomplished that really well. It's, you know, it's in theory the same kind of uh, approach that maybe like, I don't want to say Opeth was taking where Opeth was trying to think consciously to sort of switch gears a little bit, but I think these guys did it a lot more seamlessly and uh, successfully in a way Mm -hmm. in, in that they, I don't feel like they betrayed their fan base not that opeth betrayed their fan base i mean their fan base had to kind of see that coming in theory yeah but you know this i like the stuff that they've done like i like how musical and technical like blood mountain was for instance but at the same time like i also like this you know, like mm-hmm. I can listen to Mass Mastodon for whatever mood I'm in. If I want to hear like "Circle the Psy Squatch" or whatever, like, and it's just freaking mind blowing. And this is still, rhythms. yeah, don't, don't, yeah, it's not
1: dumbed down by any not, means, not at all. Know? And because uh, that, that was kind of my fear initially going in was hearing that a lot of the stuff was left over from the previous record and uh stuff that just didn't make the cut. And it's if you're used to the last couple Mastodon records, <clears throat> it's definitely not the same kind of like seamless flow from song to song and thematic things that are kind of throughout the whole record this is very much its own kind of i mean it's it's more of a singles record i was gonna say every song kind of stands on its own yeah i mean there's ones that have like almost sound like torch Mm -hmm. uh definitely stuff that goes back to you know some of their early light sounds like something right off remission yeah you know um, and varying up the vocals a little bit too now we've got you know brand Daler's doing um, some more singing on this which I actually like a little bit more screamy stuff every mm-hmm. once in a while, which is cool to be- bring back in not as much of the weird Ozzy vocals from, mm-hmm. from from Heinz that were that made which up a cool, lot of, but which yeah but yeah. made up a lot of the record the previous record I think too much mm-hmm. and this is more it's I mean it's cool almost everybody in the band sings and you know plays which is kind of interesting yeah. which you never would have saw coming when it was just um when it was just Troy Troy, you're singing yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the song we, we decided to pick out for it, uh,
2: "Stargasm," is very psychedelic. It's not proggy in the way that there were some psychedelic elements mixed with Prague in the last couple of records, but this to me like has a lot more um, you know Floydian, uh, San Francisco sort of influence with some of the way that the keyboards sort of work and mm-hmm. cool psychedelic Ozzy type vocals here that that we've heard him do before, but it feels more like the kind of stuff you heard like on Leviathan, yeah. where it like. It really threw you off in a cool way, on an unsettling kind of way. But uh, I mean, I've put this record on in my classroom and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. for the most part, it doesn't seem to bother any of the kids too much. You know, I mean, I don't like crank it, but yeah. you know, it's it's a nice listen. You know, in like you mentioned Torch and some of those bands, where you can just sort of put something on
1: and, and just kind of dig it. You know, um, or even um, the song that's oh, what the hell one is it? The creature lives, mm-hmm. which is. Almost like, I mean, it has almost like an aesthetic vibe of like Queens of the Is how yeah. simple it is, and it's very just vocal harmony based. Yep. Which I like that. I mean, it's kind of an oddball on that record, but I, I kind of like that they follow their music and do whatever sure. the hell they want. I like that every song is almost completely different. Yeah. You know, and and, and
2: disconnect it in a cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it sounds, all sounds like Macedon, you know? So. Totally.
1: And, uh, That's kind of ideally what you want out of a band. <laughs> sure. And I'm sure most
2: of you have heard this record. If you haven't, then,
1: well, I think you'll enjoy this song. It was a pleasant surprise of the year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So
2: we've got Rotten Sound, uh, Superior, from the album Cursed. We've got God's Old Snake uh, from Primordial's Redemption at the Puritan's Hands. All Black and Sky from Demonez's March of the Norse. And then Stargasm from Macedon's The Hunter. All black and sky, Demonez, God's old snake from primordial, and then superior from Rotten Song, and uh, we've come to the end, Mark. The it end is. of 2011. Appropriately enough, the 11th song uh, of this playlist. No oh, numerology! There we go. We're, <laughs> we're crazy here. We plan this stuff really, really accurately. Trust me. Um, and I think both of us, this was a record that just like the the graveyard and a couple other pieces that that fell on both our lists really pretty quickly. You know, it's I almost think. not not quite to the same degree but similar it's almost like the ghost of this year yeah that's what i would call it yeah. you know i mean i think it's you know how i was explaining that last year you had these two great records that had so many like cliche elements of metal like the Dawnbringer and the ghost but, mm-hmm. but dawn was clearly didn't sound anything like the ghost but if you took elements from both and mixed them together uh i think you get kind of what unsolitude is which is a a less 70s Version of Ghost, but with that same kind of like King Diamond aesthetic, but with yeah. a lot more musicality. I guess. I mean,
1: there's a, there's a lot of Iron Maiden, lots of new wave of British heavy metal Absolutely. stuff in this as well, but it's it's kind of toned down with a like a, a veneer of 70s you know hard rock mm-hmm. kind of in it too. And vocally, it's one of those. Uh, I, I got to admit, when I first heard the vocals, I was like, huh. Eh. I can, I can live you know live without Autumn they're they're okay they're not like he's, it doesn't seem like he's pushing it too far but now I just think they're incredibly unique yeah they just fit exactly what the music sort of needs he's not a traditional kind of great singer but for what he does in this band I think it's fantastic and seeing him I saw them when we saw them live at Death Fest last yep. year. I really wasn't that familiar with, like, I wasn't picking out songs or whatever that they're I don't think we had heard it yet because remember I was on search for That's that right. in the Miasma, and yeah. I, I was. So looking like, I don't think we I heard it at all. all. Day for that in Solitude. Uh, so I was. I really had no idea what to expect, and I thought they were great live. And then hearing the the, the CD on the way back, or you know, a couple weeks after, or, so, or whatever it was. I got really into that. Yeah. I was listening to it just over just and over a and over. Lot. Yeah. yeah. This is a car
2: ride CD. This is sort of, you know, um, it, it's just... It's just a record you can listen to over and over again and not kind of get sick of. You know? mm-hmm. And the record, if you haven't heard it, is uh, "The World, The Flesh, The Devil." And again, Metal Blade uh, put this out. So kudos to Metal Blade
1: for having a pretty successful year, uh, along with Nuclear Blast. You know, Nuclear Blast had a pretty. good I think another thing that came out on Nuclear Blast or on uh, Metal Blade this year was that Pentagram, which I never even heard. Oh, I have it. Uh, it it's decent. I didn't love it though. Uh, yeah, I, I hate the know. cover, but yeah, it, I
2: forgot about that Pentagram. Yeah, it was sort of. Just it okay. was sort of there, you know. Yeah. But um, I know that um, the speaking of Pentagram, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Pellet, mm-hmm. um, Sean Pelletier. Yeah, he uh, he was a big promoter of this record too. You know, I think he's managing them, right? Yeah, are doing the promotion yeah. and management for yeah, both he's in, for for, for both. Pentagram and in Solitude. And I remember running into him uh, at Maryland uh, Metal Fest and just kind of or Death Fest and kind of talking to him about it, and he's like. I believe in these guys a lot, you know, like I I think they're going to make their stamp. And,
1: uh, no one kind of, you know, musical taste. This is kinda of the culmination of everything I think he that he kinda of wanted. And yep. he helped them get a pretty decent deal on Metal Blade yep. compared to whoever else they were. I don't really want to talk outside of school. <clears> on <throat> if the other, you know, options for who, you know, the, the, the contract would have went through, but I think he got him a pretty good deal for Metal Blade. And I think that's it's, it's gonna be good exposure for these guys because they they're young and they're hungry and I'm sure they wanna to tour their asses off. And just just to crack the top five in decibel,
2: being a Swedish band it's, it's kind of retro. It's, it's pretty huge, yeah. you know. Um, the The Ghost record last year. I think even Jay Bennett mentioned it in his in the top forty last year. That had they done the list a little later in the year, Ghost would have ranked a lot more near the it top. Would have made than, a, probably a three or something. Yeah. I think. And so this because you look at the following month round. and like everybody had it on there. Everybody. Their list, yep. You know, so in solitude, luckily fell in, in that, you know, that people had enough time, like you said, to absorb it because you're right. The first time you hear it, it's really tricky to know how you feel about it. You know, like he's attempting some kind of King diamond, like moments and things like that, but yet he can't hit some of the, the
1: highs and so he's he almost, almost got a, a, flat a Deano vibe minus as far as his range is kind of like Deano without the the gruffness in the mm-hmm. the in the vocals. I could definitely see that. But there
2: there you know this was for me maybe the metal album of the year. It defined what metal is. It's not extreme, but yet it 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 you know extreme metal fans can get into it. It's 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 you know has a retro vibe as you said, but yet mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like retreaded metal. It sounds like no. fresh ideas, you know. So everything's kind of working for it. And the the th- cool thing about these guys too is that they seem in a lot of their songs to be able to to present uh, kind of a normal trajectory of a song and then go into like these side moments, almost like a, a jazz band or something. And then they come back and find that 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 songwriting's yeah groove again, that melody or that chorus that really
1: push the beginning of the song when I first heard the record I thought some of the you know portions of the song were like they repeated verses too much or something but now listening to it I don't know, 30 40 times or whatever it's been <laughs> mm-hmm. now um, I kind of get that that's what that's what they're going for it's not out of laziness or wanting to have songs that are seven minutes long or whatever mm-hmm. it's just it feels right if you took it out now I think it would you definitely kind of you know feel a bit of a lacking in and, the song it gives it a little bit
2: more of an epic quality in a sense mm-hmm. that you you are now once you get once you're sort of coming out of those like two or three minutes sort of uh diverging solos or or whatever they're doing that's a little bit different in the middle section you're actually looking forward to them getting back to
1: that moment yeah. like
2: you're kind of waiting for it and there's a sense of anticipation in each of the songs which I, I think, think
1: is uh, cool. another band that we should have mentioned is Candlemass. oh huh? they've got a lot of Candlemass uh isms to them i'm pretty sure that's where they got their name from yeah, as well but uh, for sure yeah, I think it's a more accessible candle cuz candle masks, you love them or hate them both. Yeah, way. well Messiah is so, you
2: know, he is what he is. You know, I love Messiah but it took me a long time to to get there. You know, yeah. like King Diamond or something.
1: But I think he's uh which I you know, I don't really know any of the members of the band unfortunately. No, I can't remember. Uh but the singer is um I think he definitely has a Messiah kind of vibe to his delivery as well. Not not quite as operatic but mm-hmm. um, that that kind of Vocal phrasing and stuff he kind of pulls off too. Yeah, and how how Mass was kind of a mishmash of doom metal, new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah, all Yeah, they kind had this the sort of kind
2: of great kind of twin yeah. lead melody. He's you know mixed in with just you know utterly like heavy ass doom troubled kind of bass stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, good way to go out for sure. Yep. Uh, Demons uh, is the song we're sort of going to end with. I don't believe we played this I think we played the title cut when we did the uh, we used it to open up the Maryland Death Fest show back in uh, May or June but uh, let's know what you thought about our list uh, part one and part two we hope you enjoyed it we hope uh, maybe it creates a little bit of discussion within circles possibly give us some feedback let us know what you thought uh, about our list and if we missed something um, oh another band I forgot to mention when we were talking about great relapse stuff is that I, I dig that weekend nachos worthless record but mm-hmm. anyways uh, just came to me all of a sudden I was looking <laughs> at my list but yeah let us know what you thought uh, Podcast at gmail.com that's our email check us out on Facebook Mark and Jason we we do read the comments even though we don't always get a chance to respond individually back uh, and uh, check us out on our website uh, requiempodcast.com where you can get merch, you can become an executive producer here in the uh, 2012. Uh, we've got some really cool episodes coming up uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Like some guest, uh, a lot of guest stars coming up in the next probably four or five episodes. Really kind of scattered about and uh, well, going yeah. in some different directions. <laughs> next episode, we're going to
1: have one that I am still editing. <laughs> yeah. um, that's going to be the big 150 yes, episode that we've talked about. Um, after that, we're going to have some stuff that. Uh, Goes into the rock genre that mm-hmm. goes across the, over into the, the Netherlands, Netherlands <laughs> a little bit, which we haven't really been there much. Yeah, it's been a while since it's fixed. So I we did a lot sure, of, yeah. even though we had you know the Requiem Mansion, we had lots of fun. We also got lots of work done. Yeah, too. we know a lot of people appreciated the the Requiem Mansion photos yeah. and the hot tub and, and pool and stuff. Uh, but
2: yeah, uh, I think we need to get that blown up and yeah, put somewhere. Yeah, put yeah, it on business cards for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, enjoy. Hopefully, twenty twelve will treat metal uh, as well as twenty eleven did. It was kind of an oddball year, but I think a lot of these these records probably will hold up. You know, Mm -hmm. in in the next uh, generations to come. So, for in solitude, demons. I'm Jason,
1: and I'm Mark.